What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games, because I played a lot of them recently. I guess I've turned into a once-every-ten-day podcast, which, that's that's pretty fun. <laughs> that's pretty fun. You know, up until... Honestly, not all that long ago, probably just a couple years since I started conversing with people in different areas of the world, I thought that a fortnight was 10 days long. I have no idea why I thought that, (laughs) but for the longest time, I thought a fortnight was 10 days. And yeah, so I guess I'm once a fortnight podcast, (laughs) even though I know a fortnight isn't 10 days now. I know that now, but yeah, I got, I got a lot of stuff. I've been playing a bunch of games lately. Uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend, I had a game on Saturday of Wrath of the Righteous. We're getting close to the end of book two, and we'll talk about that session today. Uh, the following Sunday, the next day, I had my next game of Cyberpunk 2020, which that was a hectic session. We'll talk about that some more. And then at time of recording yesterday, I had my first ever game of Palladium Fantasy, uh, which was awesome that Jason's running. And I'll talk about that some more. I also have a couple calls, uh, but... A few of the calls have to deal with the game, so we'll get into those when we talk about the games. But, uh, yeah, other than that, we do have a call from Joe Salvador, who I play in the Palladium Fantasy games with. That's how it all ties together. So, Joe, we're going to start off with you, man. Take it away. Hey, Joey. Hope all is well. Uh, It's Joe, and I am just calling to wish you a belated happy Thanksgiving. Um, sorry it's late. Uh, I had those anchor issues that we know, that you know about, uh, but I've downloaded this voice recorder, so hopefully it works. Um, we'll see. So anyway, yeah, I saw your photo of uh, your feast spread out on the table looking amazing. I hope you had lots of turkey. I hope you ate plenty of those sliced cranberries. Um, for the record, that's how I, I make them as well. Just dump them out of the can and slice them into little steaks. It's amazing. Um, yeah, but I just want to say that I'm super thankful for uh, for you and Carl and Jason um, and Ian uh, all taking part in uh, the Reaver test. Um, you guys have, you know, just given me so much feedback, um, helped me move the game forward, uh, making it better, I think, than it was a year ago. Um, and, I mean, your recaps are, are great. I, I love when you guys do the recaps. They're just a lot of fun to, to listen to and... Um, I don't know, I guess relive the session, right? Uh, Also kind of remind me of things that I probably did wrong. (laughs) But um, yeah, man, can't tell you guys how much I appreciate it. Uh, All the best, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Well, thank you, Joe. Seriously, man. Thank you for allowing me into the playtest and running awesome games for me and making a really cool game. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for Reaver to come out. I wish I got to play it more often with you guys. I really do, because it's a sweet system. I'm very excited to get it and to be able to, you know, play it on a schedule that 
isn't so rough for me. Um, but cranberry out of the can is the superior cranberry. I've, I've said it. I'm putting it out there. My buddy that came over, <laughs> excuse me, for Thanksgiving, he made fresh cranberries and they were delicious. He, he cooked them up real good. They were he's a he's a very good cook as well. Uh and they were really good, but the stuff out of the can was better. <laughs> it was totally better, man. I didn't have that much turkey. I got it was like eight and a quarter pounds because there was just going to be four of us. But between us eating and then my two guests, them taking leftovers home, there wasn't a whole lot of leftovers of turkey. I did end up turning the carcass into soup, which is really good. We just finished that off today. Um, yeah, that was an awesome soup. But, you know. It was all it was a really good Thanksgiving. It was really fun. And I hope you had a great Thanksgiving too, and that everybody out there had an awesome Thanksgiving. All of you folks who celebrate Thanksgiving um on the same day as I do. That's pretty cool. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> but anyway, uh seriously, thank you again, Joe. It's awesome, man. You're a great Dungeon master, whatever you want to call it, game master, dungeon master, referee, uh, MC, keeper. There's there's so many names, but you're you're great at it, dude. And yeah, I look forward to our next session together. Playing in Palladium Fantasy with you, which we'll talk about later on in this episode, was super fun, man. It's fun having you as a player. Um, yeah, you and Ian both are great to play with. <laughs> but we'll talk about more. We'll talk more about that later in the episode so up next let's hear from jason talking about wrath of the righteous here we go Ooh, before we get into jason though there's one other thing that i wanted to say joe you talked about how in the recaps uh hearing the players do the recaps help you remember stuff and yeah 100 percent. i've talked about it before having audio notes of your sessions is the greatest man <laughs> When I was doing the Wheeler Woe podcast, plus doing some of the editing, I'd have to listen to every session we played, sometimes multiple times. And it just helped so much to keep a coherent story, being able to weave plot threads together. It was amazing, man. It's it's the greatest tool. It's a lot of work, but if you can swing it, it's the greatest tool if you're running a campaign. Forget taking notes, dude. Just record your sessions, folks. That's the key. Anyway, all right. You're up, Jason. Talk about Wrath of the Righteous, which I do not record. And I don't. I'm I'm, re, I'm weaving, dude. I'm weaving, God damn it. Hey, Joe. Thank you for the wonderful game of Pathfinder. Lots of fun. And I appreciate your proving why the dragon would not defeat the Shoggoth. When you had that flying creature that we couldn't hurt because it was in the air and then you landed and... And we killed it. So, just wanted to throw that out there. That's how the Shoggoth will beat the dragon. Because once the dragon lands, the Shoggoth will take it out. Anyhow, it was a great session. Looking forward to the next one. Talk to you soon. Yeah, man. I How dumb was that Chimera? Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> Big time spoilers. Big time spoilers for Pathfinder. 
Wrath of the Righteous adventure path coming up, coming up right now. So if you don't want to listen anymore, um, skip forward some time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't care. Um, so the the party faced their first ever mythic bad guy. And this mythic monster came in the form of a mythic chimera. Chimera? Chimara? Chimara? Chimera. And it was nasty. It has... One head is a... Uh, white dragon one head is a snow leopard and one head is a mountain goat lion bodied bat winged just big ass nasty monster so the fight starts with this this chimera chimera flying in from the side uh and just from 40 feet up just breathing uh a massive breath weapon dealing a ton of damage dropping the wizard in the first round and as Jason pointed out, the party couldn't do much. So they spent that first round buffing and everything. Uh, then the monster flies off and lands, which this was all part of my plan. And right then the party's yelling, don't, don't pull your punches. Don't pull your punches. It's like, I'm not pulling my punches. Don't worry about it. So instead of just landing and then on its next turn, it didn't do anything, right? Is what I said to the party. And they're like, oh, but. It was actually just delaying <laughs> its action. So when Randor ran up to it, that triggered its full round action and it unloaded on Randor and might have dropped him right then and there. Uh, I sort of forget. And then the fight went on from there. And stupidly, stupidly on my part, I never had the monster take back off into the air and I forgot to reuse its breath weapon. So even though the fight was brutal and I took out a couple of party members momentarily before the healer, the mythic healer came over and mythically healed the shit out of them. Uh, it was definitely their toughest fight so far. It used up a ton of their resources. And that was with me not playing as smart as I should, right? The, the Chimera totally should have hit the air again. Uh, absolutely could have used its breath weapon again. And yeah, man, that's why the Shoggoth does not have a chance, as was demonstrated. If the creature's in the air, there's nothing the Shoggoth could do, just like there's nothing your party could do. And dragons are much smarter than I am. <laughs> why would it ever land? It would never land. It would never land. It would never need to. It would just breathe on it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, it'd be awesome. And then cast spells on it. Because dragons without spells are S-A-W-F-T. Swaft. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was a fun session. Two of our players didn't show up. Uh, but we, we rallied forth. Um, we sort of ran those two characters kind of as a group. That's one of the great things about playing online is everyone has access to the character sheets and the tokens. So you can just be like, I, I mostly, I would move them around and say what they did, but the, the players helped me, you know, click the buttons and all that stuff on the character sheet. So it was a good session. They got a ton of stuff done, a ton of stuff done. Uh, pretty much next step is 
into Citadel Dresden itself. The party is sieging the city right now. They've they've defeated all of the other armies except for the two armies that are guarding the Citadel itself. And they've taken out one of the watchtowers with the catapults and everything. Uh, I'm not going to make them go through every single one because that would be super repetitive. So we just kind of did one watchtower fight to sort of count for all. Uh, Maybe we'll do another one. We'll see. But yeah, next up is into the goddamn castle itself. And woo, (laughs) it's big and it's nasty in there. It is big and nasty. There are a lot of mean people, <laughs> mean people in there. Uh, so it should be it should be really fun. I'm excited to get through it, get into this third book. I was just kind of going through the third book last night, um, just refreshing myself on, you know, where this book ends, and just you know, so you can start building stuff up. Uh, dropping in some foreshadowing and all that stuff, you know, so you're not just like, hey, this is a whole new book and none of this stuff you have any reason at all to care about. <laughs> the Adventure Path does do a pretty good job of keeping keeping the focus of what, you know, this Adventure Path in particular is very focused. You are, there's a demon invasion and you need to stop it. You're at the, you know, you're at the heart of the matter. You're where the invasion begins. So you need to stop it. That's the adventure path. Um, so it's nice, you know, it's, this is what we're doing. Let's, let's get it done. Uh, but dude, thanks for the call, Jason. We're going to hear from you right now as you talk about the cyberpunk game. So yeah, take it away, dude. Hey Joe, had a lot of fun in the cyberpunk game last night. It was a great game. Sadly, we did lose a character. Uh, it, it happens. I mean, that's one of the things, the, the good things and bad things about Cyberpunk is the combat's fairly realistic. I mean, quote unquote, but that's why I like Cyberpunk because the combat is pretty fast moving. It's pretty easy to do, but you get pretty realistic results. And if you get shot with a rifle, then you're probably going to die, right? Um, just what it is. And, yeah, sadly, we, we did lose a PC, um, which, which is always a sobering moment. And, and my PC almost died. Just by luck of the dice, I I didn't. But my, you, you know, I, I was right there on death's doorstep. And if I had rolled just slightly worse on the dice, I would have been a goner as well. So it's definitely a deadly game. And you, you want to avoid gunfights if you can in Cyberpunk, um, which again, reinforces reality, right? So, anyway, you did a great job jamming it, though, and you did a great job getting the player back into the game even after their character died so they didn't just have to sit there while we played. So, good on you. Great job GMing, and, yeah, I I look forward to our next session. I look forward to seeing what um, they bring back to the table, you know, who, who joins our party, to to they'll never be able to fill Uncle Bob's shoes, but you know, hopefully, it'll be interesting to see what the third member will be. So, I'll talk to you later. Take care, and um, yeah, rock on, dude. Yeah, dude. Thanks, man. Like, 
you know, like I told you guys before the session, I wasn't feeling so good and I wasn't sure how the session was going to go, but it ended up being a really fun session. Thanks to you all. One of the things, because my buddy Woody was asking me the other day, sort of what the difference is, you know, which I like better, what the difference is between running Cyberpunk 2020 and running Pathfinder. And running Cyberpunk 2020 just requires so much less work from me on the front end. Um, you know, because one, because it's homebrew. Two, because the game is much more player-driven than an adventure path. So a lot of what happens in the game is up to you guys, which is awesome. And I just sort of roll with it and go from there based on what's happening in the world. Um, and yeah, it's just, we run it so low tech, which we'll talk about, uh, you mentioned in the call that we'll play after this, uh, but we run it totally low tech, you know, just on zoom. Although I am, (laughs) I am having a lot of fun with finding a picture on the fly and sharing my screen and I'm not perfect at it yet, but that's been pretty fun. Zoom gets a little wonky if I start doing too much stuff, Uh, but I've enjoyed that. I I set myself up with a Night City background on my Zoom, so when the players are looking at me, you can see Night City in the background, and that's been really fun, but it's just so low tech, you know, it's, even though we're playing online, it's it's pretty awesome, Uh, but yeah, we did, we did have a PC death. And that's always a bummer. Uh, But, you know, like you said, (laughs) if you can avoid a gunfight, it's probably a better thing in Cyberpunk because it's they're brutal. You know, Ledger, the solo, he took a few rounds to the back, but it was with a smaller caliber gun and Ledger has better armor. So he was able to just shrug it off. Poor Uncle Bob who ran into the gun, <laughs> into a gunfight. Um, you know, he took a shot to the leg, which granted it was with a Kalishnikov AK-50 and would tear up anybody. But the crazy thing is about Cyberpunk is, is if Uncle Bob had taken that same hit to the head, he would have had a much better chance of surviving just because Bob had the full Destro head, the full armored up faceplate and cowl and everything. So yeah, it's just, the dice are going to do what the dice are going to do. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those games. Uh, <laughs> it's live or die for sure. But yeah, man, you know, my buddy Woody was asking me the other day, what I, what I like more or what's the difference between running uh pathfinder online and running cyberpunk 2020 online and the difference the main difference is cyberpunk takes so much less work up front for me to do um it's great it's a homebrew you know adventure it's much more player driven as opposed to an adventure path which is story driven uh so i can just kind of play off of you guys play off of the players seeing what you know, Ledger and Bruce and Uncle Bob, R.I.P. Uncle Bob, get up to. But yeah, so it was a, it was, <laughs> it was a crazy game. 
the party was tasked to basically bodyguard this reporter who was getting an award that he had pissed off a bunch of people and there might be threats on his life. And that was, that was the main premise. And the little side story going on was that there is an APB out on uncle Bob because he's wanted for murdering those two blood razors. Cause after some investigation and stuff, it turns out the blood razors have some, have some, uh, clout with the force. You know, they probably have some, there's probably some members of the blood razors that are actually in night city PD. So, watch out and uncle Bob has a buddy on the force. So now that guy might be in danger. If it ever comes to light that Dimitri is friends with uncle Bob. It, it, so it's, it's getting all interwoven and crazy, which is funny because <laughs> I don't have any of that shit planned. It just all comes together. So if there are any major plot holes that have popped up, <laughs> that's because I'm trying to keep it as coherent and logical as possible, but I am winging this shit. So hopefully the plot holes aren't too, too, too big, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so they're bodyguarding then boom, halfway through all of a sudden the lights go out and that's when all hell breaks loose. There's heavy machine gun fire happening. Assault rifle rounds flying off, running, running the reporter out, uh, trying to get him escaped. And so when, when uncle Bob went down, there was probably still like an hour left in the session or something. I was just like, shit, what am I going to do? But earlier in the session, um, Bruce, the fixer had sort of hired this cab driver because the cops were looking for uncle Bob's El Camino. So they didn't want to drive that around. So, uh, Bruce, our fixer, made friends with this cab driver named Serge, who also had a limo business, um, and sort of had him on retainer. And so when Ledger runs out of the out of the awards ceremony with this drunk, drugged up <laughs> reporter in tow, he throws him in the back of this limo driven by Serge and was just like, "Get out of here!" And I was like. Damn, you just threw your charge in the back of a stranger's limo. Like, you guys don't really know this guy, huh? What's this going to do? So we switch back to the inside, finish up with what Bruce was doing. Bruce is now in a gunfight. Um, as, as you heard Jason say, he got into a gunfight, but he man, he got lucky. <laughs> I rolled really shit, and he rolled really well. So he made it out by the skin of his teeth. But then all of a sudden, I look to Uncle Bob's player, and I'm just like, Serge, you're driving in this limo. What are you doing? And so he took over the role of Serge like nothing. It was awesome, man. And that was that was fun, you know. I, that was <laughs> – I was really – I felt good about being able to do that. A lot of that comes from listening to so many Seth Skorkowski reviews of – Call of Cthulhu adventures and cyberpunk adventures and all the adventures he reviews. He always talks about how just if, if a PC dies, just let him take over an NPC. 
And I've, you know, I've never really done that before. That was one of the first times that I've done that. And it worked awesome, man. Woody was right on top of it, got right into character. Wasn't like, you know, some, some players might just be like, no, my character's dead. I'm done. You know, I'm done with the game now. But Woody, no, like a fucking champion was just like, fuck yeah, this is what I'm doing now. So it, yeah, it was, <laughs> it ended up being really cool. Uh, even though I feel bad, man, I've, <laughs> I've killed so many of Woody's characters. <laughs> so so far, Woody's the only one who's had a character death in Wrath of the Righteous. Uh, though that will change. I, I am almost positive of it. That will change. That very possibly could have changed last session if I had played smarter. Um, and more, you know, more brutal, but yeah, man, I just feel bad. Sorry, Woody, dude. <laughs> it's not intentional. My dog, you know it. I love you, dude. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. And then the next day I had my first ever game of Palladium Fantasy run by Jason. So let's hear from Jason and then we'll talk about some Palladium Fantasy. I got to pee. Hey Joe, Jason here. Just listen to your latest episode. So I really enjoyed the way you're doing Cyberpunk 2020 using just Zoom. And, you know, that's what we're going to do with Palladium Fantasy is just use Zoom. You guys have Joe Salvador of a Raven Guy Games made really cool fillable character sheets, fillable PDF character sheets that we're using. And everybody will just roll real dice and, and we'll just use Zoom to run that game. So that's going to be fine. Um, as far as maybe goes, you, you know, you have a chance getting to second level because we're as we talked about we're going to do milestone because this is going to be a pretty sporadic game it, it's going to fit in in around the reaver game so we're going to play now and then so after each adventure you guys are going to go up and level and second level because your guys mind mage second level he has access to um i'm driving right now but it's like bio regeneration basically at second level you can heal two to 12 hit points for yourself so you 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 have a healing ability just for yourself at second level. So once you hit second level, you start getting some really cool abilities. So, you, you know, all you have to do is get through one adventure and, and then you're going to become a lot more survivable. So that that's going to be cool. Um, the game that James run is called Nova and Nebulae. Nova and Nebulae. Once upon a time, probably a couple hundred episodes ago, I did a review of it on my show, but again, I'm driving. I don't know, it was like a year ago or something when I talked about it. Um, but it's a cool little system. If somebody wants a really light sci-fi system that can do, you, you know, just generic science fiction, has the ability to do something like the Force or Sonic Powers, you know, this will do it. And, you know, it, it's a, you, you, you have, like Joe said, your stats range from, uh, it's a D3 plus 4, so it, your stats go from what five to seven and then you roll generally when you roll you roll 2d6 and you have to roll under your stat equal or under your stat to succeed and if you have a skill or a tool or something you can roll with advantage so you roll 3d6 and keep the lowest two but it's just a roll low system and it works really well really got out of the way uh pathfinder yeah man if, if you need me to read that third book for you let me know and i'll read the third book of wrath of the righteous for you um, I'd be happy to do that and yeah looking forward to our future games together definitely looking forward to running that Palladium Fantasy that's going to be a hoot to run that and then maybe down the road we can do some 
after the bomb playing anamorphic animals in the post-apocalypse. The cool thing about after the bomb is it's a more chipper post-apocalypse, right? It's a more hopeful one. You have a civilization. The animals are rebuilding. So not only do you get to play cool anamorphic animals, I know I'm probably not saying that word right, but it's also kind of a hopeful setting where you know, you're not scrabbling, fighting zombies and opening cans of food to survive. You, you're actually, the civilization's being rebuilt and, and there are civilizations and nations and stuff. So, so it's not all doom and gloom, which is kind of cool. So anyway, I think I've blabbered on long enough. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Take care and um, keep on keeping on. I would be into a more chipper post-apocalyptic setting. All the ones I've played in are pretty grim, uh, but I, I tend to run things with a little bit more of a positive spin as much as I feel goth in my heart. Uh, I do kind of like to have a more optimistic view on things, if not chipper, then a little more optimistic. So after the bomb sounds fun and yeah, Nebula and that game that Jason said. <laughs> Sorry. My memory is not good sometimes. I wonder why. Um, yeah, that game that Jason was talking about was the one that James of Subclass Act ran for us the other week. That was really fun. And the other thing he was talking about was uh, Palladium Fantasy, which he has run now. We did play in that game and it was super fun man uh it's it's a wacky system you need all the dice so i had i had two d6 i had a d20 d12 d4 d8 d100 ready to go just in case i did roll the d100 a couple times your skills are sort of percentile but then your attack rolls are with the d20 it's it's an interesting system and yeah, maybe while <laughs> while their stats are pretty terrible, they have no hit points, barely any armor. Uh, if they get in any sort of scuffle, they're they're gonna not survive if they stick around. Um, but yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, we're we're on a mission to basically get back this doll d-o-l-l -L, doll that a toy seller was gonna sell to basically the the mayor of the town uh but his assistant ended up selling it to kind of the jerk face sheriff instead and the toy maker wants it back um and he's willing to pay us to get it back or to pay him to get it back. Though the guy said he won't resell and he's come to us to be like, I don't care how you get it back, get it back. And we're like, cool, man, you know, take some money. Uh, and basically this first session was just us kind of scouting out the place. Like I said earlier, we've been running a bunch of this stuff via play by post. If I didn't say that, I meant to. This game is sort of hybrid, and we do a lot of play-by-post, and then every now and then we'll get together and run in-person games. And I, it's fascinating. I've never done it like this before, but it's cool. You can get so much stuff done 
in a short period of time. It's pretty awesome. Um, you know, <laughs> it's pretty cool. But Palladium Fantasy is fun. Jason did an awesome job of running the game. Uh, the other two players were super fun. We had a blast. And yeah, that the world is really cool. So we did spend a lot of time. I, I don't know. It might have been to Jason's chagrin. I don't know. But the three of us were all pretty curious about the world. So we had a lot of just sort of meta questions about the world. Because Palladium Fantasy, it's a very, very interesting world. It's not your typical fantasy world with elves, dwarves, while those species are there, uh, the monstrous races are far more prevalent and out there. There is a human empire, but there's also an empire of wolven, which are basically like werewolf people. That They're not werewolves because they don't turn into... They're basically humanoid wolves. Trolls are, you know, it's not weird to see a troll walking around. It, it's a cool world, so we had a lot of questions. We spent a bunch of time finding just finding out about the world, which I love, man. I, that's, you know, that's part of the game to me. I love it. So I had an absolute blast. Jason did a fantastic job. Thanks for running, dude. Um, I, I think that's it. Those are all the games I played this week, which is nuts. That's a lot of games for me. Three days in a row. That's a lot of gaming for me. Let me get out of here and we'll see where it goes from here. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll see you on the other side. You all noticed they changed the location of the save button. That's fun. That's probably why it wasn't working for a while. Uh, they've replaced the location of the play button with a button that now says enhance. Uh, it says you can turn it on and hear the difference in sound quality. I, I can't hear a difference. <laughs> I don't know that it's doing anything right now, but it's there. Uh, save is in a new place, but at least it's there and working. Uh, yeah, man, <laughs> man. Anyway, uh, thank you to Joe Salvador, Raven God games, uh, for the call. Thank you to Jason for the call. Thank you to everybody who, played in my sessions and that I had a chance to play with. It was an awesome, fun-filled gaming weekend. Yeah, it was just cool. You know, role-playing games, role-playing games are pretty sweet, if you guys didn't know. <laughs> playing a lot of different systems right now, which is fun for me. You know, I don't, I, I'm not a guy that plays a ton of systems. I haven't played all that many compared to a lot of folks out there. Um, so that's been really interesting too. It's nice getting back into getting back into cyberpunk. I'm not as smooth at running it as I should be and would like to be, but that just book is tough. <laughs> it's tough for me to get into. Um, the book is awesome. I'm talking about from a accessibility point of view. Don't, don't let me, don't, let me make you think that I'm saying that the, the book isn't, you know, a good, awesome, fun read because it's an amazing read. Uh, it's just not very accessible. And the, the layout is wonky, which apparently so is the layout for Palladium Fantasy. Um, <laughs> you know, these older games, they didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't know about layout as much, at least with 
with cyberpunk man shit is everywhere in there uh you got to go to like three different areas to find out one rule basically it's kind of a mess but it's an amazing book that really immerses you in the world lore uh on, on almost every page there are little snippets of talk you know from people in that world talking and little little fake newspaper headlines and it's, it's an amazing amazing piece of rpg material if it was you know just put together better but anyway man anyway it was awesome i love i love cyberpunk i love pathfinder the players just leveled up and got a new mythic tier so they all just hit seventh level and second mythic tier they are turning into some serious badasses but uh yeah we'll see what the inside of castle dresden has to say about that and maybe it was awesome to play maybe it was really fun changing shape Becoming a Wolven, uh, blending in, being shy. I'm going to have a fun time going through like a... I know we're not allowed to do this, but go through a character arc with my character. I know we're not supposed to do that, but I think that shit's fun. (laughs) Yeah, what else? Oh, I just heard that there's going to be a movie coming out. I don't know when or on what... Or who's directing it or who's starring in it. But the person that was talking about it on Twitter seemed very excited about the actors and the director. So maybe they're good. But it's based on the one chapter from Dracula. The little captain's note section in the one chapter. Not even a full chapter, but from when they're sending Dracula. When Dracula is shipping himself in his coffin from transylvania over to england that's what this movie's gonna be about and that sounds amazing that just (laughs) that's one of my favorite parts from that book because the captain's just like it's super cool the way it's written the captain's like yeah another man's missing you know because drax on that boat uh it should be spooky and fun and i yeah that sounds awesome uh so if you guys have heard of that movie that's going to be coming out let me know we need more cool good vampire movies because there there was a bunch of really bad vampire movies out for a while twilight suck it um but anyway i was just really excited about that and i wanted to share it i hope you are excited about that too because that sounds fun i don't know anyway i'm gonna get out of here um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm go look at some Pathfinder stuff. Peace out. Okay, didn't stop recording. So take care of yourselves. Take care of other people, too. Stay as healthy as you can. Stay hydrated. That's always important. Uh, and just be good to yourself and other people. Bye. Yo, I just checked, and that Dracula movie is going to be called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Check it out.